Welcome to the SBS Tour de France podcast sponsored by Zwift. It was famously used by Matt Heyman to prepare for his victory at Paris-Roubaix. You can use it too for your own goals. Visit Zwift.com to learn how to join the digital peloton today. Bonjour, 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 and welcome to the Zwift Tour de France podcast, episode 22. We are seeing Paris, uh, Paris, we are coming, but right now we are for this episode 22 in the south of France, in Salon de Provence. Let me remind you that you can uh, download or stream this podcast on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash cycling central. You can also find us on iTunes. Find us from our website, sbs.com.au slash central, And of course, schedule a ride with Zwift at Zwift.com. And I'm joined, and it's a pleasure once again to have Dave McKenzie with us. Hi, Dave. How are you going? I'm pretty happy. Listen to this. It's the south of France. Sounds like Australia, doesn't it? I'm loving it. I love that sound. It makes me homesick. It sounds like the south of France. It sounds like, no, it sounds like uh, Southern Australia in summer. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm just teasing you. Uh, in the end, quite an entertaining stage or not today? Yes, in the end it was. I love that tactical game at the end. And, uh, the, the, you know, that breakaway had some good riders in it. You know, none the least, obviously, the winner, Edvald Weissenhagen. And he'd been, he deserved it. He deserved it. Remember, he, he lost on stage four by, they called it one pixel. I don't know. I didn't know that was how you could determine uh, a distance. But anyway, it was one pixel. It was nothing. And so they were desperate. Dimension data were desperate for a stage win. And, uh, you know, they didn't give up. They, they stayed positive and good on them. The fact that he's a Zwifter as well makes it even sweeter for, for us, Zwift being our, our lovely sponsors. What's going on? Is, is that like Illuminati? It's Illuminati, because all these Swifters are winning stages of the Tour. It's crazy. I think at the end of the Tour, we'll have to uh, do an account of how many uh, Swifters have actually won stages. Maybe more. Maybe maybe Swift is the first team. Maybe. Probably. Yeah, probably. It is. It's it's quite incredible, actually. That, yeah, a lot of the pros uh, are getting on it. Because I think when I was racing, the last thing you wanted to do was do indoor trainer, but there was nowhere near the technology. It was basically, I'd set up the trainer in front of a brick wall, and just see how tough you were, you know, for 45 minutes. Some guys will do hours, but now with Zwift, yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome. Absolutely. Uh, what else can we um, highlight from this stage? Orica in that breakaway, two riders, and they didn't bring it home. Could they be disappointed, you think? Oh, they'll, they'll be disappointed, but no, full marks for trying. Look, I think Weissenhagen, he was just the stronger. And when they went through that roundabout and he took the right line with Nicky Assant on his wheel... And he had a 54 chain ring on, by the way, and he rode Aunt off the wheel. Like, you've got some serious power if you can do that. And uh, so, no, the Orica guys, absolutely, they'll be disappointed. But um, I spoke with one of them afterwards, Jens Kukulair, and he, he was, he sounded pretty good. He wasn't devastated, you know. He, he just was like, geez, we gave it all and, you know, not much you can do about it. But overall, they're probably going to go home with one jersey, the white, uh, for Simon Yates. So overall, uh, the, I guess the target, the objective is, is, uh, is achieved. The objective for them has been achieved, well, should be achieved, yeah, in, you know, in a day's time, a bit over a day. And uh, that, that's, that's good. They haven't had a stage win, so I think they've had to adapt a little bit and get used to, well, we're not maybe winning one stage or wearing the yellow for three days, you know, the Simon Gerrans days, I guess we'll call it. But um, no, no, that's the objective. And he's inside the top 10. So how much does it say for the future for him? 
Dimension Data, you mentioned, uh, must be pleased as well. Uh, in a post-interview I've done actually for, for you guys on TV, uh, the, the sports director Ralph Poldag mentioned that uh, they've got, and they, they came to the tour with lots of wine and lots of champagne and were not able to use it. Uh, I reckon they had a pretty good party last night. Oh, I think so. We'll see, we'll see who's got the red eyes, uh, bloodshot eyes uh, <laughs> at the stage start today. But um, no, look, uh, yeah, they were, that, we've sort of got to go back and remind ourselves that whole Cavendish Sagan incident and remember how animated uh, Rolf Eldag and, and um, the, the, we've just got to go back and remind ourselves how animated those two directors were and calling, calling Sagan, you know, what he did, he should be thrown out of the race and all this stuff. And, you know, I think they, they would back a little bit, but I'm happy for them. They're a good team. I like to mention Dato. They've got a great cause too. And, and Douglas Ryder, I spoke to the team principal. He, he's an ex-professional. He knows what it's like. And uh, he knew the guys were doing it tough. And um, he exchanged a couple of text messages with Edvold. And he said, I look forward to seeing you on the podium. This was the morning of the stage. And apparently Edvold texted back and said, I look forward to looking at you from the podium. So how cool is that? Absolutely. Uh, GC-wise, no changes. Uh, we didn't expect any changes anywhere. No, we didn't. It, was, it wasn't a rest day. The first hour would have been fast and hard. But after that, I think those guys, those GC guys, and really it's three now, isn't it? It's down to three that I, that I think at least that can win the tour. Um, so I think Froome, Bardet, and of course Uran, they're the three. And they, you know, we didn't learn much about today. But I think I like that. That's what the suspense, it's killing me. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we'll take a short break. You can go for a coffee and listen to these little uh, crickets. I call them cicadas, I think. It's interesting. I think we call them crickets. Oh, well, yeah, they're, they're the cheaper version. <laughs> well, uh, sit back, uh, just have a quick rest. We have a chat with two Aussies and see how they go and how they went in this Tour de France and how much they are looking forward to see Paris at the end of a grueling three weeks. But that's straight after this. Stick around. Zwift is an indoor cycling platform where you can connect with a global community at any time. You can chat with people all over the world, share in group rides, get encouragement from total strangers, and then they quickly become your new riding buddies. In fact, one of the most incredible stories to come out of it, it took it to the next level. They met on Zwift, a couple, and then they got married. It's extraordinary. Really though, the Zwift community is incredible and people all over the world will jump on just to ride with their friends from halfway across the globe. Check it out for yourself at Zwift.com today. I'm here with uh, Damien Hosen. Damien, uh, you're just about to finish your first Tour de France. I know there's still a, a time trial in, in the making, but how does it feel for a first tour to seeing Paris for the first time on your bike? Yeah, it's uh, really beautiful. Um, kind of count. We're still two days out, and uh, yeah, it's, it's only a time trial tomorrow. Uh, we'll have some fun out there, um, but I'm really looking forward to rolling down the Champs Elysees. Something everyone says is a special moment um, and gives you some goosebumps. So I'm really uh, looking forward to that experience. And um, yeah, over the last couple of weeks, it's been some tough racing, and uh, I've definitely learned a lot. So I'm looking forward to yeah, sitting back and enjoying now. You've done an amazing work, guys, for, for Simon Yates. Uh, was that the, the objective at the beginning of the tour, the, to, to claim that white jersey? Yeah, exactly. I think that, that was our biggest objective, uh, to claim the white jersey and uh, top 10 on GC. Um, and anything that came after that was a, was a bonus. So, 
At the moment, it's all looking good. Um, I'm confident in Simon for his time trial tomorrow. Uh, he can put it together and uh, capitalise what's been a fantastic couple of weeks for our team. Matt White sort of let you a bit looser uh, today. How did it feel to be able to sort of maybe stretch your legs and get a bit more initiative on, 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 onto, the, onto the course? Yeah, I guess uh, we still had the numbers in the bunch that looked after Simon and if anything was to happen, uh, we were ready for it. But we also had the freedom there to, to jump in the brakes and stuff. So it was great to have uh, the number numbers up the road uh, with Jens and uh, Alba um, playing out for the win, which a lot of teams were counting on that and a lot of teams also missed that opportunity today so it's good to yeah just take that chance and uh, they came close but we can we can be happy with a, a third as a bonus and then yeah like we said our objective uh, hopefully can be complete last question uh, if you look back at a little eight years old yourself you're just about to finish your first tour de france how does that feel inside are you proud of yourself yeah uh, it's a massive achievement um any of these grand tours and this is my fourth uh it's a big accomplishment i think and the tour de france uh being the world's biggest race yeah it feels really special to finish and i think uh a lot of people can reflect on an amazing journey that i've had and yeah the team has had at this race in particular too many many more then let's hope so thank you thank you very much thanks uh, damien now here with uh, matthew Heyman. matthew towards the end of this tour Paris is in sight. Yeah. How much do you uh, want to see that Arc de Triomphe? <laughs> It'll be very nice. Um, it's been a long tour, a hard tour, and um, you know we're pretty happy with the white jersey. We would have liked, you know, a day like today. We really had an opportunity. I haven't talked to the boys yet. Uh, it would have been great to get a stage win. Um, but if you have a look at uh, the teams that won, there haven't been that many teams with Kittle being so dominant and uh, Sunweb with Michael Matthews and Bugill has just been. Uh, you know how to find tour so we're super happy with the white jersey and looking forward to getting to Paris. How did it feel today to be sort of let loose a little bit you could you could go and stretch your legs a little bit? Yeah well when it was time to stretch legs it was on that first uh, on that category climb the second category at the start and uh, I was stretching them out the back um, so no it was nice to see that those two guys made the made the, I haven't heard what happened in the final but uh, to hear that they're in the front and then also going for the actual stage win so that was nice towards the end of this tour how do you feel i can see your jersey is a bit yeah i had a had a crash today so it would have been uh it was a bit unnecessary but uh probably better two days from paris than after two days of racing so uh finish this tour off get home and lick my wounds thank you no Zwift is a sponsor of this podcast and we love it. It's a transformative indoor cycling platform where you can connect with rides all over the world for group rides or workouts, but it's also free for kids. Under parent supervision, kids under 13 can sign up for an account and ride for free. It's a healthy game for them and a way to let them play while also getting them off the couch. So if your little one wants to join you, you can Zwift side by side. It's pretty cool. Check it out for yourself at Zwift.com today. Welcome back to the Zwift Tour de France podcast. Uh, and Maka, now let's look at what's coming up tonight. Uh, what's coming up tonight is a very interesting time trial. Not too long, 22.5k, but there's a nasty kick towards the end. It is. I'm excited about this because it starts in the main stadium in Marseille. 
Apparently it's a sellout. I feel like I'm going to an AFL game or something. Bring up, come on, the Tigers! <laughs> it would be, it would be fun. It's, it's really 60,000 people there in the stadium. Imagine the atmosphere. I hope we are on the grass. Uh, it, yeah, yeah, I hope so. Yeah, I, I want special. You know, hope, I hope our passes will get us somewhere special, or at least with good viewing. Absolutely. Uh, let's look at this course. So it's a time trial. It's going to go fast, very fast. Uh, and let's talk about the women first because they're off, they're off first in a new format, which is probably made for television. It's, it sounds awesome on paper. It does. It sounds awesome on paper. So, and I, so I just hope it is awesome in reality. So how it works, the top 20 from the stage on the Izuard in the women will get to race in a what they call a pursuit, a chase pursuit format. Um, so it's a made-up event, basically. So Annemiek van Vluten, who won on the Izuard, she starts last. She starts 43 seconds after Lizzie Dignan, who was second in the race, because she beat her by 43 seconds. And the time gaps are the same. They're not one-minute intervals like we see in normal time trial format. The time gaps are basically the time gaps from the Izuard. And the catch is, first across the line wins. So... Annemiek van Vluten doesn't then deduct a minute 40, say, or 43 seconds off her time to Lizzie Dignan. Too bad. First across the line wins. So if there's a bunch of girls, five of them, who start together, she's got the advantage. So I feel a little bit for Annemiek van Vluten. She put in a super ride. She needs, I, I would think she should have an advantage. However, I like it that they're trying something new, and I think it's, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good way forward for, for cycling at least. And, you know, they, they need to try something different. Absolutely, and we say it's a time trial for the for the women, but they won't be allowed to uh, ride their time trial bikes. I think they can't ride their time trial bikes. Yeah, good point. They can't ride their time trial bikes. They have to ride a normal road bike, and they can work together. So that's the interesting part. As I said, they can, you know, if Lizzie Diagon catches a girl in front of her by 20 seconds, she can then rotate turns with her and stop Annemiek Van Vluten catching her. So, yeah, it'll be an interesting format. And with only 20 girls in the race, I think I think that sort of doesn't make it a level playing field. What I don't know, I've, I've looked everywhere and I, I feel they could have given us a bit more information about the overall classification then. I want to know what happens after the time trial, who wins La Course for 2017. That's the tricky part. Absolutely. Uh, there's uh, also, let's talk about La Course actually back in Lisboa a couple of days ago because you were there uh, and you were not in the podcast uh, yesterday. But let's chat about this. How did you find that that climb at Lisboa for the male but also for the female first? Uh, because, I mean, the, the, the gradient is the same, female or male. Yeah, yeah. What I'll focus on here, I guess, is my enjoyment of the women's race because I think that's, not that my opinion matters so much, but I'd like to give a take on it because we're trying to promote women's cycling. Firstly, I thought it was fantastic. I, 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 thought, I, I would have liked to have seen the Champs-Élysées still on the agenda, to be honest, but I think good on them. They, they tried something different again, ASO, and I think it worked. I think it really worked. The girls loved it, interviewing the girls afterwards, and I spoke mainly to the Australians. I did speak to Annemiek van Vluten and Lizzie Dignan, the one and two on the stage. They all loved it. But you know what What sort of um, struck, a, struck a bit of a chord? A few of them said, we're so grateful. We're so grateful to the ASO and the Tour de France for having us here. Garbage, garbage girls, don't say you're grateful. You're worthy, you're more than worthy. And actually, ASO should be thankful that you girls are racing at the Men's Tour de France because I think it's a good addition. You know what, when I was a kid, I used to watch the Tour de France on when another network had it in Australia. So a long, long time ago. And I was a young kid who loved cycling. 
and they and, they, and I think it was the year Stephen Roach won the Tour back in 1987. They were showing highlights of the women's Tour de France then, and an Australian woman, Liz Heppel, came third. And not only was I inspired by Stephen Roach and the English speakers at the Tour de France, but I was inspired by Liz Heppel, who finished, I believe, it was third in the Tour de France. So they should be they should have their own tour i don't think it should be three weeks but i think they should have a 10-day tour that coincides with the men's race and i know some other people don't don't agree because we had a rob in a podcast uh, yesterday that wasn't agreeing for you uh, so lucky i wasn't there <laughs> lucky maybe you should run a, a poll on twitter but no <laughs> you're right you're right it's 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 definitely a question that should that needs to be asked it needs to be debated well it doesn't need to be debated sorry it needs to be done it needs to be done i just think that um the UCI, along with, and you can't just you can't just pin it on ASA. You know, you can't pin it on ASA. They are they are the biggest cycling organised company in the world. So, yes, we we need their support. And we should look actually at something. If we look at events like the Olympics or Commonwealth Games, the girls are bringing enough medals for Australia for us to be proud as well. So why not be proud of the girls riding here as well? Yeah, yeah, totally. And and you know what else? And, and, and this isn't a dig at the guys, but at the Tour de France, it's so hard sometimes to get interviews with some of the riders in the men, in the women. The Aussie girls yesterday were fantastic, can I say. A big thank you to them because they saw me with the, with the cube. And I know, I know most of the Aussie girls, I guess. They came straight to me. The Aussie guys come to me at the tour, but not all the other riders. Even the, even the foreign girls uh, racing the course, as soon as I ask them for an interview, not a problem at all. You know, they're screaming out for it and they deserve it. Absolutely. Uh, let's look at the, the male uh, version of that time trial coming up tonight. Chris Froome is in yellow. Chris Froome has got everything to lose and everything to win on this time trial. You've hit it on the head. You've hit it on the head. Everything to lose. I've, I've been here 21 days now. So. <laughs> <laughs> we know it, but it's true. And you know, the, the interesting thing is, okay, all things considered, Froomey's a better time trialist normally. He should be, will be. Should win the Tour de France, win his fourth tour. What happens if he gets a flat? What happens if there's a mechanical? He's had a few. He's had a few already this tour. They get, and they get a bit anxious, Team Sky, when they've happened. They've got out of trouble on every occasion. I just think there's still a twist. I still believe there's a final twist to come. And wow, uh, just wait and see. He's also apparently not very happy he won't be able to wear his skin suit. Uh, and not because the skin suit is necessarily forbidden on the tour, but the skin suit he was wearing in Dusseldorf. But because the uh, Lecoq Sportif that makes the yellow jersey doesn't have a version of that skin suit. So despite what they were saying, the skin suit must create an advantage because he's basically he's pissed off he can't use it. You, you, you've, been, you've been just sort of poking the finger at this haven't you for three you've been waiting for two weeks three weeks since Dusseldorf just to open that can of worms back up absolutely but isn't it funny isn't it it, it, it is sort of funny because Sky have always hidden their technology and, and Team UK you know on the track I know this for a fact they've kept their technology sort of a hidden away stuff like that because of and that's fair enough they don't want other teams to you know cotton on to that same technology and advantages so now it's the technology that has hampered them if you if I won't say hampered them, but the technology, because, like, as you say, Lecoq Sportiva, like, what the hell is this skin suit? We never heard of it. <laughs> they can't make one. That's going to be interesting to watch. Uh, are you still backing Uran on this one? I'm going with him. I, I always go the under. I, I go the underdog and I go the unexpected. But I think on this occasion, there'll be some people jumping with me. And I'll, and I'll just remind you and I'll remind the listeners again, I think I said it a couple of days ago, Uran won the 2014 time trial, individual time trial at the Giro d'Italia. 
I think it was on memory, it was a 40 kilometre. It was a tough one through the Barolo region in, in Italy, northern Italy. He ripped a minute 40 out of Cadell Evans. Now, Cadell Evans, good time trial. We know that. Uran at his best. He's one of the best time trialists in the world. When was the last time he finished on the podium? It was the Giro d'Italia in 2014. So, I tell you what, wouldn't it be a turn-up? Sky have done all this tempo setting for the whole two weeks, almost three weeks, and Iran just pips him at the post as they ride into Paris. I think it'd be... I, love, I like Chris Froome. I really like him. But I would love to see Rigoberto Iran become the first Colombian to win the Tour de France. Do you know what would be interesting? Is to see how much procession would then, then be in Paris because at the minute we are accepting the fact that the last stage is a gala stage and then people just don't attack the yellow jersey. If Chris Froome lose that yellow jersey tonight, how are they going to attack and try to win it back? Because it's a stage. They could win it. They, they, it's, just, it's just a protocol saying you should. There's no rule book that says you can't attack. Will they do it? Yeah, that, that so-called rule book out the window. You know, what would be, you know what would be so interesting to watch? When the flag drops, I think they do this in the neutral zone, but wouldn't it be funny when they bring out the tray of champagne while they're riding, you know, and they hand the champagne around to the yellow jersey? If Iran is in yellow, mate, that champagne will be thrown in the bushes <laughs> and his team, his Cannondale Drabak teammates, they will be at the front. Simon Clark, the, the captain of the team, the Australian, it will be game on because there's an intermediate sprint and then there's sprint points at the end. I mean, that sprint's bonus seconds, I should say, at the end. But we know they won't figure at the finish. We just know because there's too much at stake for the sprinters. So imagine it. It will be crazy. And uh, Cannondale Drug Pack, they just signed a new, uh, a, new, a new big sponsor yesterday. So maybe there's this extra uh, motivation to show the new sponsor, which is uh, Oath Multimedia, which owns Yahoo and Verizon, to show them that, you know what, we are worthy of what you just signed. Wow, I missed out on so much up on the mountain. I was, I was having mountain fever. Uh, it's four and a half hours drive, so I've been listening to radio a lot. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I pity you with that, gee. That's, that's another topic, that one, isn't it? Absolutely. Uh, Maka, it's been great to have you in this podcast. We'll do another one in Paris, of course, but over the, over the weeks, it's been fantastic to discover you, and then you've got such a... You've got a physique for TV, but you've got a voice for radio. Ah, thank you. I've loved every minute, and let's, let's, not, let's not cheers the champagne just yet. We'll have a couple more digs at each other before we get to Paris. Cool. Deal. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you very much. And this is it for this episode 22 of the Zwift Tour de France podcast. Uh, let me remind you that you can uh, download or stream it on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash cyclingcentral, from our website, sbs.com.au slash cyclingcentral, or from our lovely friends at Zwift. Schedule a ride with Zwift at zwift.com. Tonight, the stage is once again in Marseille, time trial, and the podcast tomorrow will be coming from Marseille. We'll be recapping everything ready for Paris. I'm Christophe Maler, was your host for this podcast today, and on behalf of the whole SBS team here in the south of France bringing you the Tour de France every day it's goodbye for now au revoir et à demain Thanks to Zwift for sponsoring the SBS Tour de France podcast. Every day throughout the Tour de France, there are SBS group rides that you can join and see how your wattage output compares to the likes of Richie Port and Chris Froome. Check it out today by visiting Zwift.com to learn more.